Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today on CityCast Madison. Ever since hemp was made legal in Wisconsin again, it opened the door to other products made from cannabis plants. While marijuana is still illegal here, supplement stores and gas stations now sell Delta 8 products, its less potent cousin. You've probably seen the signs on the side of the road. But even though you can buy it in stores, It's buyer beware out there. We're on our own to determine what's safe and what's good. And that has local family doctor Anna Pearson concerned. She says you really ought to think twice about what you're consuming. It's Tuesday, November 7th. I'm Molly Stentz, and here's what Madison's talking about. Dr. Pearson, hello. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for being here. So you're a doctor at UW and you are studying addiction. You have this specialty and and you wrote us about an episode that we recently did about weed and Delta 8, which I kind of call weed light. And you had some concerns about it and we wanted to hear them. So what concerns you about Delta-8 products? So a few different ways that that Delta-8 can become unsafe. And I should highlight too, the reason for most of these safety issues is due to the lack of regulation here in Wisconsin. So there's no no monitoring or any like safety quality assurances at all. And so one, thinking about legal safety. So there is the Agricultural Improvement Act or the Farm Bill that in 2018 categorized hemp versus cannabis as two different legal definitions. And that was based on the amount of Delta-9 THC, the traditional THC that people think of that causes that high feeling when they use cannabis. And based on the amount of Delta-9 that classifies the plant as either legal or illegal. Right. So that was kind of the agreement was like the federal government said, hey, you can grow hemp and and produce CBD, but the plants that you grow have to have low levels of THC. It has to be less than a percentage, right? Exactly. It's less than 0.3%, so pretty negligible content. But the loophole comes in in that the bill specifically says Delta-9 THC. And there's other chemically similar compounds such as Delta-8 where the difference is literally just the location of one double bond on the carbon structure. Um, It acts the same way, really similarly in the body, still produces intoxication. But because the bill didn't specifically say Delta-8 can't be present in hemp, there's considered this loophole that people can say it's legal. The caveat to that is that Delta-8 is specifically listed as a Schedule One drug by the DEA. It's kind of unclear in terms of like the legal enforcement behind that, but it is technically considered illegal. 
and at the federal level, at least. And then another caveat to be aware of is there's a lot of patient, a lot of folks out there who might need to drug test for their job or for legal issues or for um, certain medications that they're prescribed with their doctor. They should definitely know that the testing that they do is going to show positive for THC. And we can't tell, like, was that the Delta 8 THC? Was it something different? No idea. Right. Kind of a similar issue as if you had it in your car, if you had a CBD product or if you had a hemp plant in your car, it still smells the same. And so if you were stopped maybe by by a police officer, you could say, hey, this is a hemp plant. This is legal. And the officer wouldn't know the difference. Right. So so it, it's that confusion factor. Mm-hmm. And it, it just seems, you know, especially for folks who like maybe historically come from communities that have been targeted by law enforcement or not treated equally by law enforcement or, you know, other institutions. It's just a risk that you should know that you're taking. Yeah. Yeah. What about the health facts? I mean, do you think that these products should still be listed as a Schedule One drug? Do you think there are significant harmful effects? There's a lot that we don't really know about THC specifically. The history behind why it's illegal has a lot of really complex political and honestly racially charged factors that kind of influence the legal status of, of cannabis and THC over the past 100 plus years that really has impacted a lot of people in pretty negative ways. And it wasn't necessarily from a medical safety reasoning, but, you know, because it has been illegal, it's been really hard to research and study in terms of safety, health impacts, all of that. With Delta 8 specifically, there are some health safety concerns that we do know. Um, So first, like thinking about where does the Delta 8 come from? It's naturally present in very, very small amounts in the hemp and cannabis plants, but such small quantities that none of the Delta that you're buying is, is t- just taken directly from the plant. It all is produced from CBD, the cannabidiol. And the way that that happens, the way that it's produced requires some pretty toxic chemicals. And a lot of times the, re- the chemical reaction will produce large amounts of heat. Sometimes if it's not done correctly, it can cause explosions. It's not a safe reaction all the time. You really have to know what you're doing. They'll leave it let this chemical reaction run for some time, and that will change the CBD into Delta-8-THC. It also will produce Delta-9-THC, the traditional illegal THC, and um, it's not like a really consistent, dependable result every single time. So if I understand you right, you're you're saying that the process itself is unpredictable, not just that they're, because it's unregulated, kind of anyone can do this. And so there might be some shady actors in the industry, but you're saying that actually it's, it's hard to control, like it's hard to control for potency and efficacy and purity. Exactly. And, and obviously with the caveat of, I'm not a chemist, and this is just based on what I've read from the medical literature, that there's not really a good way to know and predict exactly what results are going to get and what the content of the end product truly is. There's been quite a few a, a few studies um, sampling various Delta-8 products across the country, and the vast majority of them had actually illegal Delta-9 THC content. And you also don't know, it's not consistent the amount of Delta-8 that's produced either. And so 
even for somebody who's buying the same product two different times, you don't know that you're getting the same thing. So even though there's a label and even though there's a dosage on it, you're saying that, you know, it's buyer beware. Who knows mm-hmm. if that's accurate? Mm-hmm. And there are some producers who will get lab testing and they can show you certificates, but it's really because it's like this independent process and there's no regulation, you know, maybe they sent one sample from one batch to this lab and the lab told them the content or confirmed that it was what they expected. But that doesn't really tell you anything about the other batches and the other samples and products like that just tells you about that one sample that they sent. And so there's no way to guarantee the consistency. There's also not consistency in being sure that all of those toxic chemicals are removed from the final product. And so there's also been sampling of the final products that show that there's heavy metals, toxic acids, and other toxic chemicals that still linger in the samples too. Yeah. So one of the things when we talked to, to Alan Robinson, who sells Delta 8 products, he, you know, as far as what sh- consumers should do, he said, ask for a certificate of authenticity, that's COA. It sounds like you're saying that's not enough. I think for me personally, I would ask more questions. And I think talking to an individual producer, manufacturer, shop owner to just ask more, like, how do you know that, like, what what other testing are you doing? What does the certificate mean? How did you get this? I just wouldn't just see a certificate and trust that immediately. I think there's just more asking to do to really be confident that they are giving you what they say that they're selling. Is there, I mean, I realize like you're you're not a producer, um, but is there a way to make it safe? I mean, is there, can it be done safely? And it's just that people maybe don't know or aren't necessarily doing it. I mean, do we have the know-how to to produce these products safely? Yeah, with the, with the caveat of like that I don't know the chem the details in terms of production details. I think so. I think the biggest issue is you just don't know what you're buying and you don't know the process behind each manufacturer and there's no regulation or standard to say, "Hey, make sure that you are consistently checking for quality and safety." Um, In comparison to prescription medications that regularly need to confirm that the dose that they say that they're producing is consistently in every single pill that they make, that they are making sure that there's not other toxic things in the pills that could cause negative side effects. That standard that we'd expect for other medications that we're picking up, we just don't have that for Delta-8. Yeah. Though I I do wonder if they're... It feels like vitamins and supplements are kind of a big gray area mm-hmm. in that the FDA doesn't actually regulate them for any kind of dietary purpose, which I, I think is not a fact known by a lot of people. Yeah. So I, I wonder, are these products any less safe than any other kind of herbal remedies you might find on the shelf of the co-op or at a grocery store or a vitamin store? I mean, is it really that different? a great question because you're you're right like a lot of people don't realize that the supplements that they're buying over the counter are not regulated at all and it happens on a regular basis that you hear about um supplements being sold that either aren't what they say they are or contain other toxic components that have a lot of negative impacts and aren't actually safe i think the difference with the delta 8 is that it does have a psychoactive component it does cause intoxication 
and impacts people's judgment and thinking and impacts their ability to do things safely like drive. And when taken in large amounts, it can actually cause really serious side effects such as psychosis, which is when patients might hear or see things that aren't really there, um, have um, confusion or paranoia, be afraid of these factors that are, you know, have these fixed beliefs of things that aren't actually true and be really confused. And so anecdotally, we are seeing more cases of and hospitalizations for these types of symptoms, both in Madison, I've heard from colleagues that there's been more hospitalizations for those types of symptoms related to Delta-8 use, but then we're also seeing that across the country in places where Delta-9 is legal too. And so it's just a little bit bigger impact than some of the negative health risks of supplements. And psychosis that is believed to be linked to consumption, like repeated consumption of these products specifically? So in terms of the increasing rates of psychosis and hospitalization across the country at large, we're seeing this correlation and there's a lot of concern just knowing that when someone does overdose on Delta 9 or Delta 8 THC, it causes those symptoms. We still have a lot more to study and learn in terms of like the big, larger population patterns. And like it's possible there's other things going on as well. But we do know that too large of doses of the Delta 8 or Delta 9 does cause this um, pretty serious side effect. And we're seeing increasing reports of hospitalizations specifically tied to that. Yeah. Although one thing I feel like when you you talk to growers and advocates, and I'm sure you've heard this, but what I've always heard people tell me is like, no one's ever died of a marijuana overdose, which you can take to mean a lot of different ways, but you can also compare it to drugs that are legal and I, I just think of opioids because it's unavoidable, the crisis that we're facing from a very legal drug, even though those drugs can sometimes be used in illegal ways. There are very, very specific and acute <laughs> problems caused by those legal drugs. So I, I just I wonder what you think about that. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, I would say just because you don't die from an overdose, like being in the hospital um, you know, having those severe mental health symptoms, that's really significant, even if it's not death. There has actually been um, a case report of a child who got into some Delta-8 and overdose and did die. Back to the theme of lack of regulation, because there's no regulati- regulation in terms of safety of packaging, um, we are seeing more cases of children getting into Delta-8, accidentally taking some and getting hospitalized and having pretty severe symptoms from that too. So I'd say just because you're not dying from an overdose doesn't mean that it's not a really important thing to know how to, if you are going to choose to use it, be able to use it safely and avoid that. Sure. And so where does this leave us as consumers, as patients, as people who are concerned about what they're consuming, given that they're there is this lack of regulation. It is kind of buyer beware. And as you mentioned, there's also this kind of lack of rigorous scientific study over a long period of time of these particular products. So what do we do? Yeah, it's so hard, right? Like, And I think a lot of people think like, oh, this is legal. If you just do like a quick Google search of Delta 8, is it legal in Wisconsin? It just shows up as a box of yes. And there's a lot more nuance. But like, 
people tend to, to assume like if something is legal and it's being sold to me and it's packaged, like it must be safe. Right. And they just should be cautious and one, you know, ask the questions and do the research into whatever product you are thinking of buying or trying. If you are going to choose to try something, make sure that you use small amounts and, and try to test things out a little bit before you take a large dose and then end up with negative side effects or, you know, end up in an overdose situation. Um, but I think just being able to make an informed decision about what you're going to use, how you're going to use it, making sure that you're doing it in a safe place, that you have are not driving after using these products, um, that you have other people around to support you if there was some type of negative impact. You know, another just negative consequence that we've seen too with um, the products are patients who use the vaping products. Um, some of the those negative, those um, dangerous chemicals that can be and solvents that can be lingering in the final product when they're vaporized um, can turn into ketones and other chemicals that are dangerous for the lungs and cause severe damage to the lungs, similar to the vitamin E vaping lung injuries that we were seeing a couple of years ago related to nicotine vapes. Um, we are seeing increased cases of that same type of dangerous lung injury in um, use of Delta-8 products as well. So just another thing just to be aware of yeah. if you are someone who chooses to vape, like if you're noticing changes in lung symptoms, like just be aware, like that could be caused by the vaping of the Delta-8. So go into it with your eyes open, do your homework, find out as much as you can about what you're consuming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just a couple other impacts that I just wanted to throw out there to make sure that patients know about too, is one, there is a risk of worsening depression and anxiety symptoms related to regular THC use as well. A lot of patients tend to think like, oh, you know, in the moment, THC can help me relax. THC helps me sleep. But we actually see that over time, someone who uses either Delta-8 or Delta-9 THC on you know, a regular daily basis, for example, they actually have an increase over time in their depression symptoms, an increase hmm. um, in their anxiety symptoms overall, and um, worse quality sleep. So even though Delta-8 or Delta-9 THC might help you fall asleep, it changes the quality of your sleep and reduces the amount of REM sleep that you get. And so even though you're sleeping, you're not actually getting that restorative sleep. And over time, those effects can build up to and impact your health. Thank you, Dr. Pearson, so much for your time today and for, for helping us understand more of the nuance of the conversation around Delta-8. Yeah, I appreciate it. And I'm always happy to be a resource for anybody who's got questions. Dr. Anna Pearson is an addiction medicine fellow at the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at UW-Madison. She spoke to us out of personal concern and not officially on behalf of UW. You can check our show notes for links to some of the research she mentioned. And here's what else Madison's talking about. Chicken nuggets. Speaking of regulation... Tyson is recalling 30,000 pounds of chicken nuggets after people found metal pieces in the nuggets. This was in the 29-ounce bags of dinosaur-shaped fun nuggets. They were shipped to states across the country, including right here in Wisconsin. 
the USDA says if you have a bag, toss them out or return them. In another news, the UW hopes to get $32 million that state lawmakers held back in this year's budget process. Lawmakers said they'd release the money if the UW would spend it on workforce training programs rather than their diversity initiatives. UW has stood by their diversity programs and says this new plan will develop more engineers, nurses, and data scientists for the state, all jobs in high demand. They hope to add 9,300 more graduates for those in related fields over the next five years. Meanwhile, UW leaders are also still pushing for lawmakers to fund their request to expand the engineering building on the Madison campus. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Molly Stentz. If you enjoyed the show, why not share this episode with that friend you have who swears by nutritional supplements? We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Ciao.